This episode of Stick Like Blue Radio is brought to you by Jim Palmer's Create Your Dream Business Now Academy, a one-of-a-kind business growth event where Jim will personally teach you how to market and grow your own dream business. You'll learn some of the best marketing and business building advice, all in a pitch-free zone. Jim will reveal step-by-step how to create a million-dollar platform, and you'll learn how to generate a ton of content with ease and how to attract a steady stream of new customers. At Dream Business Academy, you'll network with other successful entrepreneurs and also learn from rock star entrepreneur and Jim's personal mindset coach, Melanie Benson-Strick. This not-to-be-missed event is May the 4th through the 6th in beautiful San Diego, California, and will quite literally transform your business. Do not miss it. Get all the details and register today at www.dreambizacademy.com. That's dreambizacademy.com. Hi, I'm Bob Berg, co-author of The Go-Giver and author of Adversaries and Two Allies, and you're listening to Stick Like Glue Radio. Welcome to Jim Palmer's Stick Like Glue Radio, the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. Jim Palmer is a marketing and business building expert, author, speaker, and an in-demand coach. He's the founder of the Dream Business Academy and Dream Business Coaching and Mastermind Program. Jim is the host of Newsletter Guru TV, the hit weekly web TV show based on Jim's smart marketing and business building advice. Check it out at www.newsletterguru.tv. And now, please welcome the host of Stick Like Blue Radio, Jim Palmer. Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Stick Like Glue Radio. This is the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, refer more, and believe me, those are great things in anybody's business. I am really excited about this week's show. My special guest is uh, another, a fellow uh, business coach. His name is Rob Scott. Let me tell you a little bit about Rob, and we'll jump right in here. Rob Scott is known for hijacking people's minds, rewiring their limiting beliefs, and leaving them completely transformed. He's a master-level coach who creates digital products and training programs for world changers that help them break through their deepest limits. After working with Rob, people become incredibly effective, more successful, and deeply fulfilled. His flagship product, which we're going to talk about today, is called the Identity Shifting Mastermind. It reprograms people's mindsets and connects them to their deepest purpose, which is pretty cool. You can find out more about Rob and how he hacks the human brain at robscott.com. But for now, Rob, welcome to the program. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Jim. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. A fellow uh, native of uh, Philadelphia, my hometown, we, we figured That's out. Right. That's kind of cool. That's right. So, you know, when we jumped on the line here, um, you were talking about some really cool stuff, which, again, we, we talked about, I just mentioned in the intro, but um, you talk about how you help people, you know, have big change. And I, I believe the terminology you used was self, their self-concept has to change. Did, did I get that right? Yeah, I think uh, if I could explain a little bit about that, I mean, I think that why we hire coaches, why we look for support and all this is that we're trying to manifest some type of different future. And the reality is is that uh, our own self-concept has a lot to do with whether or not that will be possible or whether we're going to be held back by limits and procrastination and, uh, you know, inner self-talk that's not supportive and all that different kind of stuff. And a good example uh, that I'd like to use is, for people who on a New Year's resolution or something decide that they want to become a runner, let's say, 
um, you know, most people think that you do that by habituating it, right? That, that if I just uh, force by will of habit, I, I will create that and then I will become a runner. Well, the reality is, is that we need willpower for the things that don't feel like us yet. And for most people, that won't succeed, right? Most people will drop out after zero runs because they just change their mind. Some will do it twice. Some will do it seven times. A handful of people it'll work for. But why it worked, why willpower works eventually is that somewhere along that path, your subconscious switches over and just says, oh, like we're a runner. There's no resistance to it anymore. And your identity actually changes to include that behavior, that action. And now you're a runner, right? Now you just kind of get up and you put on your shoes and you go running because you're a runner, right? So all change, all profound change especially, really relies on whether your identity, whether your subconscious kind of sense of self accepts whether or not that's real for you. So people becoming more effective entrepreneurs or even entrepreneurs at the beginning of the journey, many of them are entrepreneurs. You know, they're like, well, I have to learn more. I have to do this. I have to do that. And that's all true. You do have to learn some things and no doubt. But uh, to actually habituate the, the things, the sales calls, the planning, the, you know, the budgeting, all the things that have to happen for an entrepreneur to really do, uh, all of those behaviors are wrapped up in the identity of being an entrepreneur. And so anyway, I've, I've come up with systems and processes to do that through internal means, through working with mindset and subconscious stuff and some hypnotic and NLP type things to actually shift you at the identity level. And then all those behaviors kind of come uh, much more quickly and much more naturally. I love that, and um, you know it is it is all about mindset. One of the things that I say is, uh, you know, a lot of people say, well, you got your skill, your talent, your work ethic, and all that stuff, and and your mindset, and the, you can imagine them like stirring it in a bowl and say, all that you mix together, and that kind of determines how successful you're going to be. And I'm guessing just from the even the limited time we've been talking, you'll what I say, Rob, is that your your skill, your talent, your drive, your ambition. You know your moral compass, your ethics, and all that. That kind of makes up the engine that is your business. But your mindset is is what fuels the engine. Because I don't care how good you are at something, if your mindset is tripping you up, you're not going to achieve all that you were meant to achieve. Do you agree with that? Hundred percent. Yeah. And I, I think another way to say that is that if you take a hundred people, it, first off, access to the information is not the problem anymore, right? There's not like a handful of people that have this business knowledge. There, that business knowledge is very gettable, right? People can invest in your programs, and they should. Need to learn that stuff. But if you take a hundred people that all have learned that, they've gone through the process of finding the information and learning it, it, that doesn't guarantee success. And you know, a handful of those people will really apply everything that they learned. They'll take the action. Uh, they'll put it through. So what is the difference between the people that, that the hundred people that all know it and the handful that actually apply it and do it? Uh, to a great degree, that's mindset, right? That's a that's a big difference. And uh, a way to explain that is, it it almost doesn't matter what abilities you have, what access you have, if you have tons of money to invest, if you've got tons of partners and all that, if you're going to just self-sabotage yourself, if you're stuck in some uh, limit of what you believe you deserve or how much money you think you can make or how much complexity you think you can handle, um, you unconsciously will decide to not make that sales call. You'll let that deal fall through. You'll do these things that end up allowing your whatever you believe about yourself, whatever you think you deserve, uh, to, to become manifest. And, I, you know, I do a little exercise where I kind of illustrate to people that at some point a, a huge amount of success starts to feel really uncomfortable to us. And where that limit is for you, 
with where you start to feel uncomfortable with a certain amount of money or a certain amount of complexity um, really will be the limit that is your cap, right? That's like an invisible limit that you, through your belief system, have kind of put on yourself unconsciously. And so we've got to help people break through that. We've got to optimize the mindset. We've got to do that. And if you, if you look at any high performer, whether that's leaders in industry or top entrepreneurs or top athletes, um, they all get coaches, right? They all are working on this mental aspect of the game and, and obviously honing their skills and all that as well. But um, it's a, mindset's huge. I mean, it's just a huge part of the game. How, how can we know? You know, Rob, it's, sometimes when we're working with entrepreneurs, and again, at the, I'm speaking at the coaching level, so many of them seem to know what to do but they don't necessarily do it. So, you know, is that is that the is there some kind of a self-limiting belief, as you say, or is there something else going on? Is it a fear, or is that all all mixed up into one one big totally. bag of it's, uh, it's, disruption? It's it's kind of all of the above, but it's it's the easiest way that I I think there is to to feel about that is there's a there's a handful of fears that we have to overcome. And there's great books like The War of Art and things that talk about this challenge to being creative. And an entrepreneurial endeavor is absolutely a creative endeavor, right? You're trying to make something. You're trying to build something out of nothing. And, um, you know, we have these three fears that are really important and probably two of them really matter to look at. Um, And these are why we procrastinate. These are why we resist taking action. These are why when we know what to do, uh, we still don't do them. And, And one is fear of failure. You know, where it's 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 a safety mechanism in us that it's really it's really scary to fail. Um, we end up attaching it to our own self worth, and we feel like if we go try something and we fail at it, uh, people will see us as you know incompetent or not worthy. We're embarrassed. You know, there's all this, and that's that's a genetic thing that's in us from our you know caveman days. Because if we couldn't perform and we failed at hunting, let's say, we could end up being a cost to the tribe, and through that we could maybe be. Ostracized. So it literally back in the day meant potentially life or death. The reality today is it doesn't mean life or death in, in the moment, but at every opportunity that we have to do something new, we have this innate fear potentially of, of doing it. And so a lot of people can understand that. We're, a lot of us are afraid of failure, right? It's like, okay, I get that. That, that makes sense. Um, the one that is less obvious is fear of success. You know, a lot of people that I talk to will go, I'm not afraid of success. I want success. I'm dying for success. But what a lot of people don't realize is that uh, success can be scary. If I start to sell more of what I do, I may not know that I can deliver on that. I may be worried that, you know, I'm already busy at this level making a couple hundred thousand a year. If I grew this to a million dollars a year, I don't even know how I would deliver on that. Or uh, a lot of times we have a belief inside ourselves about uh, our family of origin and that if we become too successful that we won't be accepted by the people that love us and all that. And a lot of this stuff is happening unconsciously, obviously, right? These aren't like necessarily thoughts that people are having. But what, what that leads to is a ton of resistance to either go do something and worry about failing at it or, or even it can be really scary succeeding at it. Um, the third fear that I was going to mention, which is uh, kind of overlaps some of this, is fear of complexity. So I mentioned that in the fear of success, but we can be worried about um, uh, um, things being coming too complex for us or, you know, us being overwhelmed by, by some of the things that are going on in that. So in any case, there's these psychological things that we've studied and learned that are built into doing anything that's, out, out, that's new to us, that's outside of our comfort zone. And the last idea that I'll add on top of that is that our subconscious is not set up to be wildly successful. It's set up to remain safe and survive. 
And so the, the largest, most powerful part of your brain really doesn't care, even if you're that happy, it doesn't care if you're uh, fulfilled. It just wants you to survive. And so what you find in people is that we, we will get nervous in eighth grade because we asked somebody to go out and they said no. And so that hurt our confidence in some way. And then we'll try a first business thing and it'll fail and we'll start to get fears about that. And this whole lifetime of kind of fears and, and all this stuff gets built up and our identity and our subconscious sense of self gets smaller and smaller and smaller and less expressed so that it can remain safe, so that it doesn't have to take these risks and do these scary things. And now, you know, obviously that's a, that's a, a characterization of what can happen to us and some places you may feel more expressed or less expressed but that's the uh, eternal challenge that the entrepreneur is facing and why we resist taking action you know that fear of complexity when that's interesting because that's to me i think that's kind of the fear of the unknown like i know i can do this but then if i do it i'm gonna have this big thing and people and responsibility yeah and then my, like, you know, know it's like they, they can't management. process it <laughs> It's like I don't like managing people. Another way to say that is like fear of control, right? So it's like fear of losing control or having to control too much in a, in a sense, right? So um, it, it becomes exhausting. And so we bounce off that because it's not easy. It's not immediate. Uh, we could, you know, do a big marketing campaign and really not know the outcome of it. Uh, it's not like just going to eat sugar or yeah, have a cocktail or something that like immediately changes the system. These are big complex things that take a long time to actually get to the pleasure. And so it's so easy to avoid them along the way. And so day after day after day, we bounce off them. And sometimes we don't even see it. We, we believe that we're really taking action. One thing to check in on is like, you know, look at what you were thinking a year ago. If you, maybe if you keep a diary or, or journal or do anything like that, look back and see if it's been a year or two years or three years where you've had very similar goals and you're not, you're really not doing them. Even if it feels like you're kind of trying for them, that's a that's evidence where you start to go, wow, I'm actually really not, not doing much about these. Like this is the same story over and over and over again. What's going on? And that's when we can wake up to self sabotage that we're not even seeing and not even noticing it's happening for us. Rob, my latest book is called Decide: The Ultimate Success Trigger, which I wrote a lot about the uh, limiting beliefs and thoughts and fears and things like that. And, and one of the things I wrote about is something that I actually dealt with 14 years ago when I started my business. And I didn't know what it was called, but I think a lot of people would either I don't know unofficially call it the imposter syndrome. Oh, you know, yeah. where you're afraid you're going to be found out. And like when I started my business, my my first newsletter business, it was like I'm going out and I got my fancy business cards. Like I opted for the glossy sheen. <laughs> you know, I got a brochure and I put on my good suit. Yet my business really consists of an old Acker computer at my dining room table, and it really wreaked havoc with my mindset. It had no, you know, forget the fact that I've been doing newsletters for 20 years as an employee at different companies. But you know, now I'm I'm pre presenting myself as a successful business guy, so they they'd hire me. But in reality. It's like you kind of hope you don't get found out. You, have you, you, I'm sure you're familiar with that. Oh, 100%. I'm so familiar, and I, you know, I don't mean to like name drop another platform, but I was invited out to Google to do a Google Talk, and uh, if anybody wants to check it out on online in the Google Talk series for me about the imposter syndrome. I mean, that's completely what it was about. Um, this is a huge quality of the human mind, and it's a, it's a major kind of built-in fear. Uh, it has to do with, uh, you know, just being authentic and being trustable and being all these things, and especially when we're trying to learn marketing and, uh, you know, showing the best side of ourselves online and all that stuff, all of that invites in this feeling of, wow, if they really knew the whole story, 
you know, I'm going to get found out. I'm going to get found out that this is going. And much of our much of our best work is done at the edge of our own kind of complexity. Like when I was coming up through the corporate chain uh, before I went into the entrepreneurial thing, I was constantly, the reason I made significant jumps was I was kind of over-claiming what I could do. I was like over-promising, and I didn't really know that I could do it at the time. And that confidence, that ability to, to make those claims and then do the hard work behind it to make it real was a huge risk for me. And, and that, that risk was a valuable one to take. And, you know, I, I did and certainly could have failed uh, tons of times. But the times that those were successful was when I made these really significant uh, jumps in my life. Uh, that's a dramatic example. But any of us that are doing new things, we're trying to do our first webinar or we're trying to run a group program for the first time or we're trying a new book, you know, uh, a lot of it is, is, is writing what we know and then kind of having this feeling uh, of all these other things that, man, if they found that out, they, they wouldn't really believe in these other things I do. So, yeah, that's a very, very common uh, worry and fear for people. How about the fear of criticism? Is that is that big for a lot of people? It's huge. It's huge. And again, that comes down to this kind of social acceptance place, right? Uh, where as in sales, it's a really big one too. There's this uh, natural resistance to selling because we have this idea that salespeople are manipulative or that they're cheesy like a car salesman or something like that. And so the act of authentically exchanging value with somebody uh, becomes this big worry of, you know, once they hear my price, are they going to point at me and laugh and criticize me? Are they going to, uh, if, I, if, I, if they say yes and I sell this and then I'm delivering on the product, are they going to criticize what the, what the product is? Um, and especially today with how much something can be online and viral in two seconds, there's a, there's a big worry, uh, there's a big kind of concern that if we're doing something, we might be criticized. So all of this comes down to manifesting in your mindset uh, the ability to kind of uh, have you show up with confidence instead of very natural and normal anxieties. Uh, part of what I do in that program, the Identity Shifting Mastermind, is help people master their, their mindset and their state, right? Because the, your state, your emotional state that comes up is triggered by the meaning that you're making in your mind. And so mastery over that meaning-making is a, is a huge shortcut. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you how I, I eventually got, got a, a hold of that in my own mindset. So I've, I've written six books. My first book took me a year and a half. In reality, it took me a year to write and six months to finally get comfortable with launching it because I kept looking <laughs> yeah, for every last right. mistake, right? Yeah. And you know, my, my latest book, which I think is my best, I wrote in 60 days. I'm, but the mind shift that I made about four years ago, and it's not easy. It's always a work in progress. But I made a decision to be judged on the value of the information and not the way I was delivering it, which in this case mm -hmm. is, is the book. And I remember, Rob, when I launched my very first book, I was so doggone proud of it. And somebody that I know kind of in, in business, and he got a copy. And um, one point I, I saw him. I said, what did you think of the book? He goes, oh, I thought it was some good information. But, you know, I, did you know – and on, I don't know. I think it was page 177. There's like a dangling participle. I swear to God, I had no idea what a dangling participle was. <laughs> and, um, and I'm like, I, I semi turned red, and I go, "Well, so did you learn something that's going to help you?" He goes, "Oh yeah, it was great." And I said, "Well, then good. I'm not, I'm not going to go fix the dangling participle." But no. you know, in reality, when I wrote this book, the last one in like 60 days, I knew when I hit the go button, so to speak, and said, "Okay, it's going to press." I knew there's probably a comma out of place. I probably put S U N instead of S O N somewhere, and 
But I choose not to be judged for that because I'm doing stuff, I'm writing, I'm helping people. And so I'm, I choose to be judged on the value of the information, not the, not the level of perfection of me delivering, if, if you know what I mean. Totally. So it, that, that goes to what I was alluding to before. And, and part of the reason that we procrastinate, I would call that six months that you took before you put it out, right? Uh, procrastination of some kind, right? It's a little bit of an obsession and it's like, it's not ready. It's not ready. Um, procrastination comes from us tying our work directly to our self-worth. So a cool uh, couple words that the listeners might want to actually like jot down as a formula is uh, self um, uh Self-worth equals ability, which equals performance, okay? And if our self-worth is equal to our performance, the cost of the performance to us uh, becomes really, really huge because if I write the book and the book is bad, then I am bad, then I'm not worthy because the book represents me in some sense. So psychologically, if we tie our self-worth to our ability as you know, a hunter, an entrepreneur, an author, whatever the thing is. If that's what we're doing in our mind, then the performance is what's equal to our ability. Our performance represents the ability. Then we've got so much weight on the performance that it's very easy to choose not to do it or to resist doing it or it becomes those fears, that fear of success and failure, become even louder. The reality is, is that that's a, that's a malformed uh, connection of your self-worth to your performance. And what you should do is what you stepped into is realizing that this information is valuable and it doesn't represent me directly, whether there's a dangling participle or not. Um, this is just a book I wrote. It's not me, right? So you're separating out that value away from who you are. And when we get more connected to our own confidence, our own uh, real sense of self-worth that's inherent and not based on our performance. Uh, inherent self-worth and inherent confidence is huge because that person who's balanced and well-adjusted and doesn't equate their work to their value uh, can do a lot more work, right? They have no problem going out and writing books like you do uh, over and over because they're, they're confident in who they are and the book is just the book and it doesn't, there's not as big a barrier to putting out a book because of that. But if the book is represents who I am as a person, it better be perfect or, you know, people are going to some, find some flaw in me. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. It reminds me of this course I took. It was like 15 years ago. I can't remember the name of it, but something makes me think it was either called this or there's a book titled like I'm Okay, You're Okay or something like that. And yeah. in there, yeah, are you familiar with that? I am, yeah. That so I think the message, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, it's so long ago, but it was like, you are who you are. You're your person, but you also have roles, like you're a father, a husband, a brother, you know, uh, you know, an entrepreneur, whatever. Those are roles that you have. So if you have success or failure in any one of those roles, it doesn't change who you are. I thought that was, that was like really eye-opening for me. It's a big deal, and you're actually getting uh, closer and closer to the essence of the work that I do in my identity-shifting stuff. So many of us are accepting these ideas that are based in fears and limits and lack as us, right, taking them on as, as literally an identity sense of self. I'll literally have people come to me and say, Rob, I am a loser. And I'm like, well, maybe you've lost. Like maybe you have evidence of losing at times, but you're not a loser. That's not a thing, right? Losing is an experience that a human has. It's not an identity, right? But people actually hold that, and their, their self-talk ends up coming in, and, well, I'm just going to lose again, and here I am. And, and they're literally looking for it, right? And so because they're looking for it, they manifest it more and more and more, and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy 
that can lead to a whole lifetime of, of failing in all these different levels. So what I do is I break people out of that and separate out what your real essence is, right? This, this ability to be masterful with your thinking, uh, be masterful in the way that you manifest how you feel about yourself, what states you're generating. Because if you can feel differently, then you behave differently. If you behave differently, you get better outcomes, et cetera. And so really growing up the mastery of that and getting us out of the illusion that our, that our identity is based in, in these limits and, and things like that. Good stuff. Uh, I think I got time for maybe one more question, depending on what we're doing. I, I, I want to stay on this identity shifting, and you know that's where profound change happens, right? And and that's yeah. really uh, that's really the essence of what you do. Um, so I know when you're doing work like that, it's a process. There's a way that you go through it. Um, so I'm almost embarrassed going to ask this question, but so many people are impatient, Rob. Are there any shortcuts to you know get some initial success? You know, I think I'm a big fan of a, a small steps because if you can have some, it's like when you're losing, you want to lose weight. Well, you know, if you want to lose 10 pounds and and you, you've, it takes you three weeks to lose a quarter of a pound, it's kind of really, it kind of wreaks havoc on. Well, this isn't worth it at all. But if you can get yourself to where you lose a half pound, you go, oh, that's cool. Let's get that up to a pound, and you know what I mean. Small steps le- increases confidence. So is there are there any tips you can give our our listeners as far as the identity shifting process? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, the first thing is is that realize that your identity is shifting all the time. You are no longer the five-year-old version of yourself. You're no longer the 10-year-old version of yourself. You are an evolving, changing creature. Your identity is not a, a static thing. It's actually an amalgamation of the stories that you're telling yourself about your history and about everything. The major shift that happened for me in my life was when I realized I could put down the stories I was telling myself and start to tell new stories. So mastery over that takes three steps. It takes awareness of what you're saying to yourself presently. It's, it's actually an act of turning your focus from out here to how am I actually thinking. And there's a process that I teach to do that. Step one is to become aware of how you're thinking. People could take a sheet of paper and write down, you know, what are you saying to yourself that's negative, right, just as a quick exercise. It's like, well, late at night I might say, like, people don't really like me or uh, this isn't really going to work or I'm never really going to make the money or this business isn't going to succeed and just look at those and kind of become aware of like what are you dealing with right step two is to challenge those right even if they have evidence even if i am a loser has evidence it's not useful now like we have to put it down to make change happen so look at those and decide i'm going to debate these i'm not going to just entertain these as truth uh so step two would be to challenge them and then step three would be to replace them come up with uh more really, really useful thoughts that you can decide to put in instead. Uh, if you're outside a sales situation and you're thinking in your head something like, uh, I'm not good at this, this is going to be horrible, my hands are clammy, I'm just going to fail again, if you go in, that's going to manifest a much worse experience than the guy who's standing outside, same exact person, but instead thinking, I love making connections with people, this is going to be really fun, I can't wait to make a new friend, I hope this goes well, right? Two very different outcomes simply from different thought. So the shortcut to wrap all of that up into one idea is we really need to develop an awareness about how we're thinking and then decide to challenge it and change our thinking. And uh, what I do with people is show how to do that automatically through the subconscious. That's awesome. Man, I'd love to have you back. Maybe sometime in the new year I can uh, get you back and we can keep uh, jabbering about this stuff. I've really enjoyed the last half hour. Thank you, man. Me too. Absolutely anytime. I'd be happy to come on. 
Very good. Well, thank, oh, well, actually, uh, how can people? I almost almost forgot that. How can people learn more about <laughs> you? Connect with you? And sorry about that. We almost ended this thing. No, I know. I know you're tight on time, and we want to wrap this up. It's uh, it's easy. It's robscott.com, and there's great stuff there. A lot of free things you don't even have to sign up for. And then there's a great uh, coaching course you can check out, and you can find out about identity shifting there as well. And that's pretty easy to spell, R-O-B-S-C-O-T-T dot com. No one's going to mess that up. Good for you for having an easy name. Hey, Rob, (laughs) thanks a lot, man. Great connecting with you. It's been a blast. Thank you. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special episode of Stick Like Glue Radio with Rob Scott. It's been an awesome, awesome uh, show. I would suggest rewinding it and listening to it again. Until next week, another great episode of Stick Like Glue Radio. Keep taking action, keep moving forward, and don't ever, ever, ever give up. Hey, go out there and do something nice for somebody today. Take care, everybody. You've been listening to Stick Like Glue Radio, the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. Stick Like Glue Radio features Jim Palmer's unique brand of smart marketing and business building advice for action-oriented entrepreneurs. To make sure you don't miss a single profit-boosting show, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes and www.getjimpalmer.com. To learn more about Jim's Dream Business Coaching and Mastermind program, visit www.dreambizcoaching.com. That's www.dreambizcoaching.com. If you know other entrepreneurs looking for the fastest way to hire profits in their business, please tell them about the Stick Like Glue radio podcast. Now, go and implement what you've learned and boost your profits. See you next week for more Stick Like Glue radio.